What's up, everybody? It's Mike Mueller. Mike on the mic. I drive sprint cars in the summers on the weekends, and I talk on this podcast when I'm allowed. We got a lot of racing going on in February. We're going to preview some of that and recap some of the last races. It's going to be a wild speed weeks. It's Crew Chief Mark Meyerhoff, RT Sports Podcast. Let's get it on. We did the Chili Bowl about three weeks ago and haven't had a chance to talk about it. Reasons being, we're not going to tell you. Bush Clash next weekend, Rolex 24 in the books, and a special guest on this week's episode of the Reaction Time Sports Podcast. Episode 66, Double Sixes, here, live, local, Reaction Time Sports Podcast. What's up, Mark? What's going on? Hi, my name's Mike. I like to drive sprint cars in the summertime, and then I'm allowed on here when I'm allowed. Uh, absolutely. Killing it, and uh, reaping the benefits as well. <laughs> reaping the benefits? Yep. What benefits are you reaping? Well, you know, cashed in that week of vacation a couple weeks ago there. Went down to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, so that worked was, out that good. Was, that was nice. So I'm just trying to figure out what benefits that you're reaping still. So. Well, I talked to your... Uh, project manager also known as your tiktok editor who's that yeah your wife yeah the mouse in the house yeah she's not really on top of the uh what do you want to call it the tiktok been been, like just been trying to like hype up this tiktok thing and we got nothing she's slacking It'll be good when it comes out, though. Looking forward to it. Um, I mean, that, that you know, Are thing you might not to, be... Trying to give her more credit might, than what's due here? Well, I mean, the TikTok challenge won't be in, like, you know, won't be, uh, what would you call it? It's not the theme anymore. What? <laughs> It's not the trendy one. Like, why are they doing old TikToks? <laughs> I like, know. But like, it's... They're going back and doing the Gangman Challenge or Gangma or what was it? <laughs> what? That one old, I don't know. Do it Gangnam style. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know how to say it right. Oh, it sounded good. Oh, I was looking for a sounder. Oh, here it is. You know what you're talking about. I don't even know if this is right. Losing his mind. Close I'm reaping all the benefits. (laughs) Nice. That's why I was just trying to figure out what benefits you're reaping. I don't know. All the ones I can take advantage of. I just, I'm... Here at RTS, there's no health bennies. There's no retirement bennies. So that's why I'm just trying to figure out what benefits. I'm working on it with your HR department. We have an HR department? Mm-hmm. Who's that? Um, Your wife. Oh, news to me. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, so we got a lot going on in this episode. Yeah, we do. Uh, what you're going to find out, uh, reason being why we might still be a little bit off keyed off kilter here is we just got done watching two incredible uh championship sunday football games cincinnati winning the afc and the rams just winning the nfc as you'll find out in our interview that's coming up here later 
that uh, that was recorded at an earlier date, which would be earlier today. So don't get confused on the timing. I know everybody is totally concerned about that, but that's not an issue right now. But uh, yeah, sports world, we know who's going to the Super Bowl. Los Angeles Rams versus Cincinnati Bengals. It's going to be a heck of a Super Bowl. I uh, really thought Mahomes and them guys were going to do it. They definitely uh, choked it up there in the second half. Cincinnati, Joe Burrow smoking cigars, heading to the Super Bowl, second season. Pretty incredible for them guys. And then uh, Matthew Stafford coming over from the Lions, the Rams trading away all their number one picks and going to the Super Bowl on the NFC side. It's going to be uh, it's gonna be a good game. Looking forward to it. Two weeks from now, game be in L.A., so basically Ram home game. But I'm kind of, you know, I, I like seeing that Stafford – finally got there after 13 miserable years in detroit i agree but there's just something about the moxie of what cincinnati is doing like every week these last three weeks i'm becoming more of a joe burrow fan i am too man he's got the confidence getting sacked nine times last week nine times 21 points down against the rams running that back up tie the game winning an overtime it's pretty incredible That's all he does. He's been lights out, man. College, now in the professionals, second year. I think if he went to got hurt last year, they could have made maybe made a little bit of a run too. Yeah, probably good chance, but yep. definitely goes to show that Joe Burrow and Cincinnati are uh, going to be here to stay for a little while. But yeah, I think the AFC man, they got some stout quarterbacks that yeah. are going to be there for 10, 15 years plus. No. It is insane. Absolutely. It's going to be good. It's been a little while since we've been on the microphones. As everybody remembers, we did a episode 65, which was our Chili Bowl preview. And since then, we haven't had a chance to talk about it. No, Chili Bowl, absolute blast. Just one one last time for good measure. Oh, it never gets old. Just one last time. And, you know, because I, mean, I know this has been three weeks ago, but... It was worth the trip. Music to my ears. Living on Tulsa time. You know who's living on Tulsa time? Tanner Thorson. Holy smokes. Who would have thunk that? Man, I, I had a feeling he could do it, but I would have never put any money on it. No, I didn't see that one coming either. Uh, before we deep dive a little bit into the action at Chili Bowl here quickly, all I have to say is for being there for a first-timer, what a spectacle, what an event, what just absolute madness that goes on for a week down there. It is a sight to see. I would recommend it to anybody who is a racing fan or even if you're not a racing fan. It's a big party. And yep. the cool thing about it is, you know, luckily enough, you we ended up in a section where you knew somebody. Mm-hmm you know, from being down there in previous years. And then the other cool thing is the people that were around us, you know, we're all just, cause you're sitting by the same people for six days. Right. So you kind of just all get to know each other, which made it even more fun and enjoyable. Like, you know, we had the nice uh, people to our left from Alabama and then the people behind us from Topeka, uh, which I know that they are now followers and listeners of this podcast. So we appreciate you guys. Sorry to hear about Kansas city as well. 
yeah. salt in the wound. Oh, sorry about sorry that. Sorry about that. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> and then uh, the nice gentleman that we met from out in Pennsylvania, who's an uh, avid sprint car fan out there. He's got yes. uh, season tickets to Port Royal, Williams Grove out there. Said to hit him up if we ever head out that way. So just really cool atmosphere. I would definitely do it again. I don't know if I would do it back-to-back years. Um, I might give it a little bit of time, but it's. I would recommend it to anybody who has not done the Chili Bowl live in person. Yeah, Chili Bowl's a blast. I believe that was my seventh time going down there for that. Been down there twice for the shootout. It's so much fun, and like I told Mark, it just goes by so fast. And we get down there, and it just it just cruises. They knock them races off right off the bat, and I mean, time flies when you're living on Tulsa time. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the racing was awesome. Phenomenal. Every night. Uh, you, you couldn't ask for anything better. Uh, all the mains came down to, you know, all the mains through the preliminary nights were awesome. Yep. You know, track was pretty good during the week. I would say they might have had a little bit of issues on Saturday just because of the amount of races that were being ran on Saturday. Um, big shout out to our guys that made it out that way. Jory Hughes. Made it through a couple mains on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donovan Peterson for putting it in the show. Put it in the show on his prelim night. On Friday night, made the A main and then ended up starting in a D main on Saturday. So that's pretty darn cool. Same thing with uh, Carter Chevalier. Same deal. Uh, all them guys, heck of a run. But uh, the story of the weekend, definitely Tanner Thorson. Yeah, Thorson, uh, he whooped him. He was fast all weekend. Super fast in the race of champion, charging from the back. Kind of gave up that prelim win there to uh, Bell, and I mean, I think that just that helped him seal the deal and get him more confidence. But like they said, you know, car owner, engine builder, crew chief, not engine builder, engine owner, crew chief, and driver. He uh, he killed him. He was fast. No, oh, it was good. And on top of that, too, making it through, he was in the first round of the pole shuffle on Saturday, wasn't he? And made yes. it all the way to the end and just lost it to Bell. Yep, he basically, you know, when they drew, he drew the seven and he moved all the way up to two. So he's uh. He was he had his car on the on point. No, definitely a uh, heck of a weekend for Tanner Thorson, especially uh, after the Chili Bowl win, dropping some news that uh, they're going to do some World of Outlaw racing. Yeah, it looks like fifty plus World of Outlaw races on their schedule and plans to go full time next year. So it'll be pretty cool. They've uh, he's got a good team he's with, and they're giving him every every part and key and opportunity to bring it to the top level. Tanner Thorson, your 2022 Chili Bowl champion, the first time in, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, five years that somebody other than Christopher Bell or Kyle Larson have won the Chili Bowl. You are right. Holy smokes. It's uh, Larson and Bell are fast. Oh, absolutely. Thorson's been right there the last couple of years, so it was cool to see him get the win. Oh, definitely cool. Glad we were there to see it. Uh, some more racing stuff along the way. Rolex 24, uh, all day yesterday. Half the day today, 24 hours nonstop racing. You know, as much as I want to sound like an expert on it, I'm not. I I know that Helio Castroneves was on the winning team for DPI, who was the overall winner of the race. There was also five other divisions that were racing on top of that. I wish I would have been able to see more of it, just but we had stuff going on yesterday and things going on today. I always look at the Rolex 24 as like the kickoff the unofficial kickoff and i'm not talking just racing in general it's like the kickoff to knowing that you're this close away from the daytona 500 because chili bowl is kind of the unofficial kickoff of everything right yeah rolex 24 it was always a fun race to watch i wish i would have caught up more with it but uh yeah meyer shank racing 
the overall winner of the 60th Rolex 24. Pretty cool. And then, you know, Helio picked up the Indy 500 win with Shank Racing as well. So go back-to-back, Indy 500, Rolex 24. Helio's been good, man. Four-time Indy 500 winner. I'd like to have on my team. Going back full-time IndyCar racing this year. That's going to be kind of cool. So welcome back, Helio. Yeah, Dancing with the Stars winner. (laughs) (laughs) No, super cool for him and uh, for the whole Michael Shank racing team. Absolutely. Uh, Last thing I got on my bulletin, we are one week away from the Bush Clash at the L.A. Coliseum. New car, new track just built in the middle of a football stadium it's finally coming to fruition we are gonna we are seven days away from watching this unfold it's gonna be very interesting i'm super excited to see what's gonna happen kind of like they did dirt in december you know with the the midgets and the race cars inside the st louis stadium you know i I thought it'd be weird and it didn't work and it puts on some of the best racing ever so Hopefully NASCAR is kind of following on the steps like that, and it turns out to be an awesome race and an awesome event that you can look forward to in the coming years. That's what it's looking like, and it looks like NASCAR did this pretty good. They're going to give the guys a practice session on Saturday the 5th, and then on Saturday they're going to do single qual- qual- single car qualifying, and then they're going to roll it into Sunday, and that qualifying sets you up for your heat race. So this is basically just dirt track style. Dirt track style going on here. Here races are going to go. It's going to end up going down to the Bush Light Clash last chance qualifier. So two LCQs, sticking with the dirt theme. Nice. And then you got your main event on Sunday night. This whole race is open to 40 cars. Right now, as last time that it was updated, we've got 36, and 23 will make the show Saturday, Sunday night. Sunday night main event. It's going to be pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, never seen anything like this. They kind of did the heat races at Bristol. So it'll be cool to see, you know, the different format and see if it takes off and it can, you know, does better racing. No, absolutely. And on top of that, we uh, have one of our own, uh, Tim Shinion with the Racing Insiders. He will be there live in person. Going to try and get in touch with him. Maybe uh, after everything's said and done, since, you know, our whole theme now is apparently recording on Sundays. So depending on how the timing works out because of the time difference, maybe we can get a after-the-race phone call, figure out to see how everything went, get his perspective on it. We'll find out. Got to get in touch with Tim and see if time will allow it to happen. But Bush Clash next Sunday in L.A. Well, the ball late models kicked off at Volusia last weekend. Dale McDowell wins the Thursday night show on a Friday. Cool story with Dale McDowell beating cancer, coming back, first race back in the car, wins the feature. Just a super cool story, storybook, you know, like fairy tale oh, ending of the night. Well, anybody that goes through something like that in their life and then is able to beat that and get back to be at a competitive level, you know, to race, that's story in itself. Yep, pretty phenomenal. Saturday and Sunday rained out. They're going to be made up later on in the Volusia Speed Weeks when the Outlaws are back there. We got the Lucas Oil Late Models kicked off. What's with all the late model talk? It's big late model season oh down there. Man, I'll t- do late models put on some great racing in Florida. Fender racing. I don't Devin, start talking about that. Yeah, garden sheds on wheels. Devin Moran picks up night win, night one win. Brandon right. Overton, second and third nights picking it up. So Overton continuing his hot streak from last year. The streak continues. Yes, Kyle Larson also went two-thirds in them three Lucas races. Pretty cool for him. They got that car working good. But not not win. 
No wins. Did not win. Nope. Are we saying that Kyle Larson is in a slump? Didn't win the Chili Bowl. Didn't win these late model races. Is it over? Is it time to hang it up for young money? Well, he's got four late model races in Florida so far this year with three-thirds and one DNS. It's not a win. I don't know if he's still got it. I think he might have. Shoot, he might be... <laughs> <laughs> it might be washed up. Right, second on prelim night, oh. sixth at Chili Bowl, three-thirds in a late model. I don't know, man. If you're Kyle Larson, like, do you expect nothing but a win? Yeah, last year at this time, he'd have 19 wins. Jeez. East Bay, the Bay by the Clay, Victor Lee picks up the overall win. Hasn't been there in 21 years. Five grand picks up Saturday night. Locals, Kevin Adams, Buzzy, signs and graphics. Hello. Comes home second. So in the last eight years, Buzzy has finished second five times, and he's won two. Consistency. Pretty pretty incredible. So it was pretty cool to watch. Watched a bunch of that for the Modifieds. But All-Stars start up Friday at Sonoya Speedway. Two nights. Then they head to Volusia Tuesday, Wednesday. And then the greatest show on dirt, World of Outlaws, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We're back. Going down for the Volusia Speed Weeks, so you can take home that big gator and start off the season strong with the World of Outlaws Sprint Cars. It's going to be good. Looking forward to it. I love Speed Weeks in Florida. Such great racing, great weather. Wish I was there. Dude, it's so like literally, depending on which way you look at it, whether you're open wheel, fenders, whatever, there really was not a break in the racing. I mean, probably the last was dirt in December, and now the late models just raced last weekend or this weekend. Yep. I mean, so maybe there's a month for that. And then Chili Bowl, you know, you're talking open wheel. They raced three weeks ago. They get about, if you think about it, a month. And now, you know, uh, All-Stars and World Outlaws are going to be kicking off. And then we'll preview this on our next episode when we get ready for USAC to get ready to head to Bubba. There's, yeah, there's not really an off-season anymore, and they've been kind of saying that for a couple of years, and with Dirt in December, and then the, the indoor races at DeCoin, and Chili Bull, and everything going on, it's uh, it's wild. Hey, man, it's racing season. We're back at it. It's it's game on. Yep, blink your eyes, and the next year's starting. Let's do it up, man. Uh, we're trying to make it quick here, because we got a lot to get to. We've got our interview with our interviewee, who we haven't even told you who it's going to be. Coming up here, we recorded earlier today. It's going to end up being a two-parter. So we're going to get you part one right now. And it is with Mr. Ron Bernhagen of the UMSS and the Renegade Racing Brand. He was nice enough to take time out of his day to come on up to the studio. Give us some, uh, give us about a couple hours worth of content and a couple hours of very good content. We've got uh, a little background on Ron, got some questions in. He did a little review uh, what else did he hit on there, Mike? Uh, you know, kind of broke a little bit of news, little um upcoming schedule and what he sees coming up for twenty twenty two and forward. And kinda, you know, like the background of him being a you know, a North Star alum, huge spring car friend and you know, everything he's kinda done and where he sees everything going in the future. No, definitely good. And uh I'll just say right off the bat, like, you know, thanks to Ron for coming up here and making it all happen. But that uh we want to get that to you guys, so we're gonna take a quick break, play the ad. You know, we got to pay the bills around here, play some tunes, bring you on back, and get the part one of the Ron Bernhagen interview here at the Reaction Time Sports Podcast. Victory! Winning. (laughs) 
Let's get to it. It's going to be part one of the Ron Bernhagen exclusive. Hey, as Ron would say, it's part uno. <laughs> part uno? <laughs> he doesn't like to lose at that game. Nobody likes to lose. Nobody likes to lose. Oh, Not at uno, man. especially when you're playing your wife. Right. You don't ever want to lose. Nope. Let's get right to it, man. Let's do it, man. Here it is. Part one with the president, the owner, the boss man of the UMSS and the Renegade Racing brand. The UNO master. (laughs) Ron Bernhagen. Well, it's the moment that you guys have all been waiting for. Joining us now here in studio. Brought him out of hibernation for this one. He's the boss man of the UMSS. Ron Bernhagen. Ron. Thanks for making the trek all the way to Schaefer. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Good to be with you and Mike, Mark. It uh, I've been looking forward to this for a while. Um, you know, anything goes today. Abuse me, use me, ask any question you want. Um, you know, I mentioned to you that I've got a couple things that I'd like to talk about. Absolutely. But, uh, otherwise, it's uh, it's your gig, so let's have some fun. Right on. Yeah, we've had this planned here for about a month now. We were out in uh, Tulsa for the Chili Bowl when we all put this together, so... Um, or we had talked about it sooner, but finally got the uh, got everything f- uh, confirmed up to do this deal. So, like I said, appreciate you coming to Schaefer and yeah. uh, coming into studio and talking a little bit. We'll talk about the uh, the brand, the UMSS uh, 2022, new rules, all that fun stuff. But uh, before we get started, get a little background on you. First of all, I've got a question for you about the Chili Bowl. Oh, what's up? Did you walk away without getting sick? <laughs> every time i went to the chili bowl one of the reasons i don't go anymore right and i watch it on tv is i got sick every stinking year yeah so were you sick or did you come away with it okay no i can say that uh we got sick we are you we yeah chili bowl flu i mean it's real i've been there 10 times or so but it was really nice the first couple of days because it was 65 degrees so they had all the doors open yeah, perfect wasn't bad at all but Saturday, it was about 20 degrees, snowstorm came in, and that it was foggy. It was nasty Saturday. Oh, but. yeah. It was, it was rough. I know, like, because I, like, that was my first time there. And so the first night we were there, you know, you could definitely tell all the fumes and everything. I could yeah. taste it in my mouth. Yeah. I was just like, holy smokes. But then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday was fine. And then, of course, like Mike said, Saturday, with you're consistently what? running mains yeah. all day. Yeah. That's when all of a sudden we were just dragging. Oh, it's a heck of a of an event. Um, the first time I went there was in 1991. Um, I think by then they actually had fencing up around the walls, but they started it, you know, in '87. I think they didn't have any fencing. I think there were 60 some cars the year I went. It was three days. It was a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and uh, it was good. But it's uh, morphed into you know one of the biggest events in racing, and you know our racing should be proud to have this event. Uh, it's unbelievable. Oh, it's the, crazy. The, the risk that these people took uh, to to get this going was enormous, and you know they're they're reaping the benefits of it now, which is fine. The, because they've stuck with it and they worked hard, but uh, it is a fun event and uh, it's kind of a marathon now. I mean, were you there for all all six nights? Uh, no, we didn't get down there till Tuesday, okay, so we so, missed Monday. Yep, you're there for five nights. So. Yep, no, it's great. But anyway, um, your original question. Now that's been about three minutes ago, and I don't know if I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty spot on. It has no. been about three minutes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so a little bit about myself. You know, um, you know, personally today, as I told you guys, is my 40th anniversary to my wife. Congratulations. Yep. I appreciate that. Um, just like in racing, it's been quite a ride. Um, but you know, I'm happy to spend this time with you guys here today. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm, my name's Ron Bernhagen. I'm 65 years old. I've been around racing all my life. Uh, you know, the majority of it was, I was a fan. I got, I got to see it when it was, oh, maybe not as refined as it is today. My first race I ever saw was at the Minnesota State Fair in 1963, the year before they turned it into asphalt. Okay. And I remember the dirt clods um, bouncing off the top of my head, and I fell in love with it right there. And I can remember before that, you know, in the middle of winter, reaching out to my dad's arm and say, can you please take me to the races? Well, it was January, you know, in Minnesota, so there wasn't any such thing as, as racing um, in January in Minnesota, there, there is now, you know, there's, there's inside indoor racing all over the place now, not necessarily in Minnesota, but you know, I don't know if I was born with it or what, but uh lifelong race fan. And I sat in the stands for a long time and I was always a sprint car fan and, you know, sprint car racing in Minnesota in the sixties, the seventies and the eighties was a bunch of starts and stops and um you know um it got frustrating and if you wanted to go see a sprint car race you know jackson speedway was um three hours away knoxville is five well back then it was six hours away because the speed limit was 55 miles an hour right so so it became a little bit of a, a shorter drive when it became 70 miles an hour um but you know, I spent a lot of the time on the road. Did you guys drive down to to Tulsa? Yes, we did. Yeah, yep. you know, it's 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 driving's fine. Um, but when you start getting into your thirties and your forties and your fifties, things start to change. And um, I had a hard time, you know, getting to the races that I wanted to get. And so, you know, in in two thousand and one, I got a chance to become one of the owners of Cedar Lake Speedway. Myself and four others uh, bought bought the track, and I thought it was my way to get uh, sprint car racing stronger in the area. But I didn't know what the heck I was doing, and I learned a lot through the ownership of uh, the track and and what's what's needed and what's not needed and what what needs to happen in order for a a business. It's a business. That business needs to be profitable, and it needs to be uh, making money. Otherwise, you know, we can't do what we want to do, which is which is really is race. And so, I don't know, was it '08 or '09? I uh, sold my portion of the racetrack of Cedar Lake Speedway because I realized that was not the way to try and make sprint car racing stronger in our area. So. I think in 08, I, I sold my portion of it. I announced the Upper Midwest Sprint Car Series in uh, 08, and we had our first race in 09. Should I keep going? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm dragging this out. <laughs> no, no, you're good. Yeah, you, no, you're not. I, you, I think this. you've knocked off about three <laughs> questions on my list. Okay. Um, in 09, we started with the, the Upper Midwest Sprint Car Series, and we, we did what everybody else was doing around the country. You know, we, we did the 360 because there was about eight or nine or ten teams in the Twin Cities that had 360 sprint cars, and I actually tried to talk them out of that before I even had our first race. I already saw a problem with it back then. And so, what were you thinking like three three oh five? Yeah, or, that's a great you know, question. Like I was when th- the three sixty started because it was yeah. pretty much dead around here around that time. It was, and that's a really good question. I didn't really know what I wanted, but I, the three oh five was available then, right? And that's what I tried to talk them into. Yes, and me being you know well as I am right now, a nobody. You know, they, who's going to trust this guy that's just trying to start a series because, you know. 10 people have tried to do this in the past you know it, it, i'm not going to spend the money to sell my 360 and buy a 305 or build a 305 or whatever and right. so i just went along with it 
and we did the 360 thing and we had a couple of pretty good years it it continually died and in uh 2011 we um introduced the traditional sprint car program it was actually johnny parsons that uh came up to me and said you know what do you think about putting a b-mod engine into a non-wing sprint car it wasn't me i it was not my idea and i said you know i've been thinking about something i don't and again in the long mike's um question i didn't know what what to do but i knew the 360 was dying and we needed to do something different Mm-hmm. I've been all about the small guy. We're all small people here. Let's admit it. I've been about the small person all my life. Um, I've rooted for the person that started in the back and racing all my life. You know, if if it's the Super Bowl, I'm rooting for the underdog, even if the Vikings are the favorite. <laughs> <laughs> we got time. Yeah, we there's got a lot time. of time between that. A lot of time. I mean, since if we're on the topic, who who are your picks to go to the Super Bowl? It's a topic of discussion. Who are the four teams available? We got I, we got the Cincinnati. <laughs> well, the Vikings are definitely not one. Yep. I can I tell you know. that. Wait, wait, are the Vikings still in Minnesota? Is they that, are still here yeah, currently. Okay. Yep, right. we are still paying right. for the People Stadium. Yes, um, it's Cincinnati, Kansas City, San Francisco, and L.A. So tell me who the underdog is. Uh, Who's the biggest underdog of those four teams? San Francisco, uh, San Francisco, and probably Cincinnati then, are the two then, underdogs. Then so, I want those two to go to the uh, to the Super Bowl. Right on. You yeah. know, it, just, it would be an awkward Super Bowl. I, I would. I'm all for it. Oh yeah. yeah, it would be. I'm all for it. No, I. <laughs> what? It, where is it? Is it in California this year? Yeah. yeah. So, so the Rams have a chance to. Uh, they're the first team that are going to host an NFC Championship game, yeah. even yeah. though Tampa Bay was in the Super Bowl last yeah. year in Tampa. It could be the first time that it's back to back teams. Home teams could be in the Super Bowl. And are the two games being played today? I don't even know, guys. Sorry. Yes. Nope, okay. they are. Yep, they're going. Okay. I think kickoffs in about a couple hours. First is Cincinnati versus Kansas City, and then San Francisco versus LA. Wait, you guys got to get get me the hell out of here. That's, That's why we, we scheduled at noon. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was one of the things. We're sitting in the hotel room, and I said to Mike, I was like, hey. Uh, here's the dates that Ron's available. What should we do? And we were saying the 30th, and he said, well, what time's the game starting? I said, I think they started two years shoot for noon. Yeah, yep. <laughs> no, that sounds good. That's great. Perfect. But uh, I think we were at 2011 when we started the traditional sprint car program, and Mike's been a big part of that for a long, long time. Um, we started with four cars. Um, I think our first race was in June of 2011. At the end of the season, we had 11 or 12 cars. And, you know, when we developed this thing, I had no idea if it was going to work. You know, and it's worked because uh, we've been able to get regular people into this program. You know, if you want to drive a, if you want to race a 360 or a 410 and you want to be um, competitive, Mike, you know, you fill in the blank on, on how much that costs now. Not just even the car, but everything, you know, the spare parts, that kind of stuff. Um, it's outrageous to be, to even do you run in a 360 to I be mean, competitive. Well, let's face it, even what we do is not cheap. Okay, no, no, it what is, we're doing it, now is it's it's, it's outrageous it for is. the amount of money that we're getting paid. I agree. I agree. But, I agree. It is it is not cheap. But no. if if you want to go and race a three sixty and 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 let's just say you want to go have some fun, all right, to go have some fun in a three sixty and get three hundred bucks at the end of the night, what do you got to pay, Mike, to do that? You don't even have to answer that. Oh yeah, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. But yep. again, what we're doing isn't cheap. But compared to everything else. You know, it's less expensive, we'll call it, okay? But anyway, you know, um, the 360 program eventually died. In 2019, we started a new wing program that really was based off the traditional sprint car program. 
um, which is, you know, doing well. We still have some tweaking we need to do on the, uh, on the wing program. There's no doubt about that. And, um, you know, we're, what, what has happened now is this little series we started in 2009 is spawned a brand. And we just announced our sixth, uh, series here about a month ago, um, out in Montana and Utah. So we, we go as far west as Utah and we have other people looking at the program. And so, um, you know, we're doing something right. And again, it's it. the number one reason I do this is is so that somebody who has a dream and wants to do this can do it. Um, they have a voice now in me uh, and, and other people now. There's a lot of dreamers out there and they want to race and they want to race a sprint car. So, yeah, go ahead, Mike. What is your like, what's the future goals? You know what I mean? For like this year, 2022 and beyond. Like, did you see... Like when you started the non-wing program in 2011, did you see it being where it is right now? No. What did you think? Like it just kind of, you know, kind of be like the feeding series to the 360s and then it kind of never really evolved into that. I didn't know. Um, there's a big part of me that looks into the future because I have to um, and with the strategic planning and all that. But there's also a part of me that says I have to try this. And if I don't try it, I'll never know. Right. So I tried it to see if it would if it would gain some uh some some legs i guess is how you say it mm-hmm. so uh, we can talk about that a little later when okay. maybe we talk about the brand and all yep. that there's definitely some some goals that i have in mind and and mike asked a great question in 2011 i had no idea so, i didn't i didn't know if it was going to take off or not i kind of want to turn the clocks back when you were talking about uh, 2001 with cedar lake and everything and you kind of you said it yourself that you saw that that wasn't the way to get sprint car racing going and as we're kind of talking about the evolution of the renegade racing brand what was it that when you were a part of that deal that you saw wasn't working and what you thought was the way to get the ball rolling to get the series to where it is today what I learned as the owner of Cedar Lake Speedway is that um, I can offer all sorts of racing to sprint cars at Cedar Lake Speedway because we we race from April to September and we can give them dates. But if there aren't any cars around, you know, you can't you can't have any dates. Right. And so what comes first, the chicken or the egg? And so what really comes first is first you got to have the cars. Mm. You know, we can offer a million dollars to win right here in, in this, you know, 410 racing in Minnesota if we wanted to. You know, what would we get? 30 cars, 40 cars to to travel, you know, whatever. I don't, there's no cars, you know? And so you got, you get, you have to have the uh, foundation of uh, the cars in the area. If Cedar Lake was to put on a East Coast modified race, you know, this year, how many East Coast modifieds would they get? They'd get zero. Right. Because there aren't any cars around. Right. So there were no sprint cars around, and I thought, okay, well, if I'm in control of a racetrack and I want to put them on the schedule, they'll show up. Well, they don't show up, you know. Uh, even back then, traveling was expensive. People don't remember when we bought uh, when I bought into the track in 2001. I think shortly after that, gas became five dollars a gallon. Right. And so <clears throat> that that had an effect on things. Oh yeah. Yep. And you know we we're kind of uh, we're not quite in that era again but you know it, it it ebbs and flows and and we find ourselves heading maybe towards something like that but um yeah that's a good question um i i, I had no idea what i needed to do to get sprint car racing to be popular again in in our area or just popular and buying into a racetrack was not the way to do it there's been a lot of starts starts and stops in my life when it's come to trying to do this 
Yeah, I remember that time, like 97 to 01, Cedar Lake. They, you know, there was sort of sprint cars there weekly, and they were getting anywhere from 12 to 16 cars. It wasn't a consistent car count. It was definitely cool. Do you think it was just too many shows? You know, it's like if you did this special, you know, once a month, you would have got more cars. I don't or think so. Just how I'll, I'll, put, I'll put it. That's a good question, Mike. I'll put it to you this way. How much does it cost? We, we just talked about this a little bit. You know, if you only wanted to race one time a month or only could race one time a month, and that was what Cedar Lake Speedway did, or you could race 20 times a, a year, how much does it cost you to get involved? Again, how much would it cost you to build that 360? You're competitive, Mike. You want to run up front. Yep. You know, how much back in 2000, 2001, 2002 would it have cost you to, to put a 360 sprint car together? A really good one. 20 25 grand oh yeah at least i mean would you have done that to race once a month no i wouldn't no not at all i was just saying like do you think that would help the car count i don't think so yeah i don't think so i really don't and eventually it dies and and what happens as a as a an owner of cedar lake speedway um when you have a purse that um pays half three quarters of the purse up through 10th place and you only have eight cars show up and you pay pretty much three quarters of the purse you guys are getting kicked out. You're not coming back next week or you're not coming back next year or whatever because the fans know when there's going to be cars and when there's not going to be cars. They get really good at that. Uh, it happened with our 360s. Um, even when we uh, died the last year in 2018, they knew a few nights we'd have really good car counts, and they'd show up. The other ones where we had short car counts, and they, they'd know it. They'd stay away. Right. So that's, that, that's an equation of, of failure. So um, that's why sprint car racing died. There was those those eight to ten teams that had sprint cars. They couldn't always show up at a race um, when they scheduled it. And when six or seven of them would show up, and the and the and the track is looking at this, saying, you know, this is three quarters of the purse. This doesn't work. Right. You know, it gets back to what we talked about earlier, where that's a business. It has to make money. Oh, yeah. So I, I yeah. can recall a time I think when Saint Croix was running on Sundays. We went out there just as fans, and I think the wings were racing. I think uh, six of them showed up, and I think Tatnell lapped the whole field. You know, I mean, we wanted to go watch racing on a Sunday. I mean, who doesn't? What better way to spend a Sunday watching racing live? Well, you know, you got to kind of get into people's um, psychological aspect of their life. I mean, on Sunday night, on Sunday night, what? I, at least my age, on Sunday night, I'm hunkered down, getting ready for the week. Yeah, right. Okay. Yep. You know, that, that that's the last thing I want to do on a Sunday night now is race. I mean, back when I was your age, yep. hell yeah, I wanted to race seven oh, yeah. days a week. For right. sure. You know? Yep. Um, but it but things change. And, you know, when, when you have families and the kids have to go to school the next day, whatever time of year it was, but at least mom and dad have to go to work. Oh, absolutely. And if, you, if you're getting, you know, if you're at a racetrack on Sunday night, I know you're getting out of there at the best 10 o'clock. Yeah, maybe. I have something like that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it held that the track was like 15 minutes in my backyard. But, right. You know, but. Right. That's just kind of on long lines of what you were talking about, you know, with car count and who's showing up and, you know, what they're racing for. It's a, it's a, it's a tightrope. You know, you're walking on a tightrope. You, um, you have to be careful how you do things and, um you know, if you if you do what people have done in the past and that has failed, and you continue to do that, you're going to fail. That's all there is to it. And I and I was a, a victim of that. And now, you know, Greg Parent has done a really good job of taking it over and and trying to keep the 360 stuff going. But I talked to him recently about how many shows he's going to have this year, and it's 
it's only one around here, our area, and yep. everything else is 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 down in southwestern Minnesota, Sioux Falls, Knoxville. That's where the cars are. Yep. Yeah, that's where you're heading. Your Knoxville, Hussets, Jackson. Yeah. I mean, that's where you're seeing the plethora of races right now for sprint cars in the area. Yeah. I mean, exactly. you know, minus what we're doing here in middle of Minnesota and western Wisconsin and up north, and now with what Miles has got out in North Dakota, I mean, yep. it's grown over the last few years. It, it has. definitely has grown. Absolutely. So we must be doing something right. You know, I don't know exactly what that is, but uh, it, it takes all of us to do that. And I've had a lot of help with it. Um, nobody can do anything by themselves. But, um, you know, we, we've done this and, you know, hopefully hopefully the plan is to keep it going for a long time. Absolutely. I think that's a good segue into kind of like what Mike had asked you earlier, you know, what we're looking at at the future of the UMSS and the Renegade Racing brand. You know, we're going on in the year uh, 2022 here, another season, a lot of hype around the season, new teams coming in, drivers changing spots, you know, guys going non-wing to wing, wing to non-wing, new drivers coming in. Um, A lot on the table, schedule's been out, some new rules. Uh, Let's just start off with uh, what's the expectation for 2022 uh, season in your eyes? Well, I hope, for one, that we have weather like we had last year. Right. <laughs> um, around here, you know, our rain events are becoming more often. Right. Um, they're becoming more substantial. And it seems like they're happening on the weekends. And there, seems to be. It, it, you know, so I hope we have more weather like we did last year. So that's, that's one of the expectations. Um, you know, two, and I can, you know, I, I got a couple announcements I'd like to make so um, we can get into that. Uh, as expectations for 2022 but um you know we we want to make sure that uh, both um, programs stay healthy and there's some things we can do to make sure that they stay healthy um i'm not gonna show my hand right now but uh what i'll what i will say is that um some series around the country um, when they want to make sure that they bring certain number of cars to um the track especially when we're racing our our wing and our traditional program together we can make it an invite thing in other words we we can make sure that uh the the traditionals don't have 30 you know they have 30 cars and the wings only have 10 or vice versa we can make sure that's more evened out because our 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 programs both our programs are based basically on the same car the Mm. same engine the same almost everything so that that is a goal for sure we have to keep our eye on that to make sure that uh we both programs stay healthy you know to drive a traditional sprint car uh let's face it it's more dangerous it is and um it seems that more more teams may and i don't know this for sure yet because i'm not and i'm not worried about it at this point at all again because there's things we can do but uh there are people who are gravitating towards the wing program and again we just want to make sure that it's even and we can do that Yep. we'll definitely do that so that's one of the um the goals for this year you know i'm still working on a on a show um for um 2022 that's not on the schedule yet uh, i've been working on it quite a while it's important that we get to as many tracks within our region that the umss covers as we can sometimes that's difficult for one reason or another and um, there's one track we haven't been to for a while and working on that so that's that's hopefully going to come come through i don't know for sure yet but that's a goal you know we we introduced a program um that's the only one in the country where you know tire prices are going up pretty significantly and we're trying to um make it so it's not quite such a high uh increase 
Um, I'm not going to get into how it's happening, but um, Hoosier Tire raised raised their prices 15. percent Yep. And to our to our teams within our brand, it's going to go up nine percent. I'm still working on trying to do a few things to bring it down even farther. Uh, that's part of my job. And again, when we're dealing with people, you know, the the small team, the the person who has a job, a family, a mortgage, you know, these these increases are rough, especially when. You know, we race for the purses we do. You know, the world of outlaw guys, they've, what a lot of people don't know is they've had de- decreases in their purses over the years. You know, they've announced a big point fund or whatever. And I don't know if this is the reason why, but they're going to have fewer teams in that, uh, with the world of outlaws this year, at least at this point, than they have in a long time. But anyway, uh, we're going to do what we possibly can to keep the, the cost down. You know, one of the things we're going to do at this uh, get together that we're having in uh, February, it's a kickoff party. You did a nice job on the uh, Thank you. graphic, by the way. Thank you. Um, we're going to have a 50 50 drawing, and 50% of it is going to go back to somebody in the crowd, and, and the other 50% is going to go towards bid passes to our teams. Oh, okay. You know, we'll have a drawing. You know, if we get 500 bucks, that whole $500 is going to, we're going to draw a name out of the hat for, uh, you know certain nights and uh, that person's going to get a free pit pass right on that that was one of the questions we were wondering what the what the 50 50 was going to entail at the at the raffle what the you know obviously you know for all i i hope i walk away with 500 bucks on the 20 on the 26 that'd be nice i'd I'd use 500 bucks uh but yeah that was kind of the question you know with the 50 50 what was that going to uh where was that going to go was it going to go back into the series was it going to go to the teams what was it going to do going into the going to the teams perfect to the teams oh that's that's Um, phenomenal you know and 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 expanding this a little bit um as far as the brand goes what we would like to do um in the future is let's face it we all need sponsorship to keep our cars on the track this whole sport is driven by sponsorship there's a there's a right way of doing that and there's a right wrong way of doing that and we want to be able to offer i don't know if you call it a class on, on things like that um how to do how did how to do your sponsorship rather than how to set your car up um you know how did how do you do your sponsorship and and how do you act on you know, how do you present yourself on a on something like we're doing right here? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a learning process. Everything's a learning process. And so if we can help somebody get more sponsorship so that less money's coming out of their pocket and it's costing them less to do the racing that they love to do, that's my job. That is that is our job as a brand to do something like that. And there's there's really not, you know, I don't know if Wasoda does anything like that. I don't think they do. I don't believe anybody that I know of does that. And so... You know, I've always been somebody that's lived my life differently than everybody else, um, and I want to be different when it comes to this brand, and th- that that is probably the biggest goal that I have, not only for the series but for the brand, is to be different in what we're doing. Because if, if we weren't going to be different in what we're doing, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. Right. Can't tell you how many people have told me when we introduced the traditional program, it's never going to work. You know, there's no way it's going to work. And then we introduced the the wing program based on the traditional program. And I, I heard the same thing over and over again. So when somebody tells me it can't work, you know, I dig in deeper. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. and that's what you got to do. You got to you got to be a game changer along those lines. And just like you said, you know, like you're saying with sponsorship and everything with the day and age, the world that we're in right now, social media is such a big part of it. And I've heard this from a sponsor that I was talking to with stuff regarding our podcast. And he goes, 
I want to sponsor the up and coming 16 year old that's coming through the series. I don't want to sponsor the 45 year old driver. You know, I've heard that. St- I've heard that stuff. But like you said, if there's a way of how you go about presenting it mm-hmm. and how to go for it, mm-hmm. I mean, because I've had that trouble when I, we've gone for sponsors for our podcast. You know, I, if I would have approached it a different way, we might have gotten that sponsorship. And like you said, it's a learning curve. Life is about learning. Yep. Um, you know, I've written every book on failure, every chapter, every book on failure. I've I've failed. You know, I'm still failing in my life. If you're not failing or making mistakes three, four, five times a day, you're not learning anything. And I can take years one one step farther. Um, we had a driver racing with us many years ago that was uh, poised to move up. And um, there was uh, somebody with a lot of money that was looking at this driver and wanted to take this driver to the next level. And because of uh, his actions on uh, social media, he didn't get the chance. Right. And, you know, that's all about learning. Mm-hmm. When I was that age, I would have been doing the same thing. Um, it's just part of learning. And, and after it comes back to you negatively, you know, the circles of life are, are, are there. You know, how you, how, you take, how, you, how you present yourself and what you do to other people. It's going to come back to you, whether that's negative or whether that's good or, or otherwise. Um, and it's a learning. It's a learning curve. It really is. And so... You know, Mike, Mike and I, um, we've come a long ways. Um, I saw Mike, Mike's Mike, Mike is a huge asset for the, uh, the series and the brand. Um, and, but I saw a lot of myself in Mike when Mike was younger and, you know, I don't know if it was, I had extra patience with him because of that, or if he even needed that. Um, but, um, I've watched Mike grow a lot in the last, how long you been around Mike? Well, I started in 2013. So. Okay, so he's been. This is going to be his eighth or ninth year. Nope. I, I've watched Mike grow a lot, not only as a as a race car driver, a sprint car driver, but I've watched him grow as a as a human being, and that's the number one reason why I do this. To be able to watch Mike, uh, you know, again, I was right where Mike was. You know, we 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 all probably all are, and to, and to see where uh, he is now, and and it's a lifelong thing, and. Um, it's it's really rewarding. You can't put a price on that. So um, um, you, you just gotta. It's a, it's a everything we do is a learning experience, and and you'll learn as you go along. You know whether it's sponsorship, whether it's driving, or or something else. Um, we're all gonna make mistakes. That's all there is to it, and it's probably gonna cost you money. Um, but as long as it only costs you money and and not something else, that's okay then. Uh, a few things get some to some of the announcements that have been coming through during the off season with the UMSS uh, announcement made. Peer Tech hopping back on board as yep. a title sponsor again with the UMSS for 2022. Yep. Um, they've been big part of the brand. Uh, tell us a little bit about them coming back and what they're doing for the series. Actually, uh, what Peer Tech does, and it's the the store in Midway and the store in Plymouth um, that is owned by Craig Heitkamp. Uh, their franchises um, that he owns and and what they what they do is they re, you know to put it easily simply is they they replace hydraulic hoses in anything that's out there um, most people when they think of hydraulic hoses they think of like bobcats and big equipment out there but there's all sorts of equipment whether it's indoors or outdoors that has that have high hydraulic hoses even brake lines anything that fluid runs through they can they can change and they have a promise of uh, you know they're they're available twenty four seven and when you call they're they're there within an hour so you know like Mike uh, Mike probably couldn't drive a sprint car without his sponsors I can't do this without my sponsors 
I just can't, without taking money out of my pocket. Right. And I did plenty of that at the beginning. And at this age, my wife would kill me if, <laughs> if I if I continued to do that. So always uh, checking the bank account. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so it's important that uh, that we have sponsors, and Craig's helped out a lot with that. So you know, on the flip side, we lost Rock Auto. And, and that's 100% my, my fault. Uh, they do analysis at the end of the season. Um, I tried to have a new website built this year. I, uh, I made some mistakes with that. And we didn't have a working website this, uh, this past uh, racing season. And we still don't have it. And um, their anal- part of their analysis is what comes through the, the website uh, back to them. And it was nothing. And so I lost it. So I blame nobody but myself for that. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to try and pick that up somewhere else. Um, it doesn't mean that we're going out of business cause we're not, but you know, it hurts. <clears throat> oh. And again, it's, it's all a part of learning. It's a mistake I made. So it, life goes on and, um, we'll, uh, I hired a, um, a marketing director for the series and she'll probably also be that for the brand and um you know we'll see where all that goes uh, she's got a lot of moxie her name's cammy oh, yeah. and uh, she was in the video series yep and i see something in her really really i see a lot in her that can help the series and and help the brand so oh, i agree um, agree 100 percent. already yeah. been doing some uh, dealing with her already so yeah. and everything's been going just smooth good Good. Everything's been going good there. Yeah, so I appreciate you bringing up the uh, the sponsorship stuff uh, yeah. for the series. I appreciate that. Anytime. Uh, another big uh, news that just broke uh, about a week ago, week or so ago, um, all the streaming rights for the UMSS and the Renegade brand, uh, strictly with uh, Watch FYE.TV. Chris, Stefan, and I go back to when I, um, I first uh, bought into Cedar Lake Speedway in 01. He was the announcer. And he, in fact, he was just on TV last night on Flow uh, with yeah, the modified. East Bay. Yeah, with East Bay, and he's really good at what he does. Um, just like me, he's pissed some people off in the in the industry. But if if you yeah. have um, your mind on a goal and you need to get there, and somebody's trying to take that away from you, you know that just naturally happens. Um, Chris has. Um, you know he's done just about everything in racing but drive a race car you know he's uh operated racetracks he's got uh he's he's um operating is it vado yeah vado speedway vado speedway yep. yeah um does a great job with that and he's done everything he's put shows on and he's got his tv now and i think he's had it since 2016 and um you know chris and i go like i said we go way back we respect each other we're doing this on just a handshake he doesn't even want a contract okay and so um you know we need as a brand again we need to bring um more emphasis towards our teams and their sponsors so that it's part of going out and doing some of that stuff and we need to get more uh fans there's more and more fans it's changing there's fewer fans at the racetrack now but there's more fans watching on on these on these uh streaming services absolutely and so we have to bring that to the to to these fans and so we have to change with the times and so um this is something that uh, is another Oh, it's an asset that we can bring to our series, and it's an asset we can bring to the tracks, and it's an asset we can bring to the drivers. So it was a good. I, I was. I'm, I'm very happy about the move. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's another thing we can also bring to our sponsors too, saying that you know we're streamed every night, and you can watch us on the internet and download the app and make it app. And we all have the FYE subscription, so yeah, go back and watch the races beforehand. So it'll be a good deal. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that was good news to hear. Now we know where we're going to go, obviously, with potentially a couple other dates on the schedule. There, We might, probably won't be on FYE just because of higher-up correct uh, correct. series that we're racing with correct i mean now you know where to go 100 percent of the time correct and if we're not on fye if 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 a track already has streaming services we're not going to get involved in that right because that can get really messy i mean like when we go down to jackson one of mike's favorite racetracks right um we're on dirt vision that night we're going to be in front of how many people that night oh yeah you know a lot it's a big deal, and it's, and you, and we've heard that from drivers that have when we raced with the outlaws or if we go to Jackson or Houston, like we did last year and whatnot. They they won their heat races getting interviewed on the front stretch. They're almost on Dirt Vision. Yeah, you know how many people are watching Dirt Vision around the country? Yeah, yeah. we're like cool. Fye. That's maybe like a Midwest type deal. You know, spread Minnesota country yeah. basically. Yeah, you know now you're on a national stage. You also have to remember that FYE is part of the Speed Sport News um, TV. Okay. Speed Sport News has been around since the 1930s, you know, first in paper form. And then they went to a little magazine situation, and now, you know, obviously it's... um, it's on the internet, um, but there are a ton of uh, FYEs out there, for a better way of saying it, that belongs to the Speedsport TV um, okay. family. So um, it's it's more than just FYE. You know, right. if you if you subscribe to Speedsport, you can you can get them all. Okay. Um, I think they just got done um, streaming Cocopa Speedway in Arizona this last weekend. Uh, oh, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, the USAC CRA Spring Correct. Race out there. Yep. Yep. So, um, you know, again, this is we need to do what we can as a as a series and as a brand, because with with without the without the teams, we don't we don't exist. And without the tracks, we don't exist. And if we can bring more uh, awareness to our teams and their sponsors and the tracks and the fans, you know, that's that's nothing but good for everybody. Absolutely. No, the more exposure, the better, whether it's for, like you said, teams, drivers, the series, the more the merrier. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some more news. Uh, schedule came out in December, around December time. Uh, back at Cedar Lake again, uh, the home track for the UMSS again. Majority of the shows there. Uh, some of the big news: uh, both the wings and or the wings and the traditionals will both have a night at Thunder Hill for Thursday Night Thunder, which is a brand new deal that's going to be going on. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. Going back to Ogilvy again, Granite City. Uh, it's been a while since we've been back there, so that'll be a fun one. I've always enjoyed that track. And then uh, just recently announced the other day, uh, both the Wings and the Traditionals back at Eagle Valley. Talking about Thunder Hill, that is going to be a trip. That oh. is going to be outrageous. Well, by the way, I, I, I re-signed up St. Cloud or Granite City just for Mike. Oh, this <laughs> is personal God. ATM. <laughs> That's one of the funnest tracks there is. It's yeah. a blast. Yeah. That's the only Sunday I like to race. <laughs> oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, Thunder Thunder Hill is going to be an experiment. Yeah. Um, we're going to do some more testing there this spring. Um, I've never been there when they've done the testing. I need to be there so I can see. Um, I've watched video, um, but there's nothing like being there. Um, and again, this is this this is new. Um, it has the it has the potential to be really good, but it has the potential to be really bad if we don't do it right. And I'm going to be looking at uh, Mike and Cam and these guys to get some um, input on how they think we should do this because let's face it. 
you know you can't put 20 cars out there no you, you just can't you know is that is it eight is it 10 is it 12 um you know i've talked to, to them a little bit about the format do we um do we do this uh, elite gold series thing like we've done in the past a couple of times where i'm trying to get a couple of series going within a series um and and just as a refresher and for those that don't know uh, the elite series um uh, is comprised of uh, all of our teams that have won a feature in the past and the gold series is comprised of uh, teams that haven't um, won a feature in the past and so you know we want to put light cars out there because there's not a lot of room yep. so do we split them up and the, the guys that have won uh, features you know they've got the experience and the guys that haven't or the teams that haven't won a, a feature and a lot of times they don't have the experience uh, so how do we do that and we're in we're in uh, conversation with them right now, but it, it can't be our normal procedures right. on a regular normal night. That so, was kind of one of the follow up questions: Is there any details on what the format's going to look like? Are we talking invite only? No, no, that's not invite only. It's all it's it's a UMSS sanctioned show. Um, our officials are going to be uh, running the show. Um, and we have to, but we just have to figure out how we're going to do this. Right. And, um, if, if we don't do it the right way, we're not going to have any cars show up. So mm -hmm. we have to do it the right way. And we need, we need to get the team's input on this. Yep. And so I'm, I'm putting out there right now, you know, t tell me what you guys think is the best way to do this. Um, and, and I'm open. I'm open just so we make sure that um, it's good for the drivers, it's good for the fans, and it's good for the track, and it's good for the series. Um, whatever that is, um, is what we'll do. And, and it's probably going to take some experimentation. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, they, they did ask for another show um, later in the year, and, I, you know, we, we basically came to the uh, conclusion that let's just do this once mm. for, each, for each series this year and see how it goes. And um, like I said, I think it can be really good. I really do, but I think we got to make sure that we do the right thing to make it really good. Looking forward to that one for sure. Uh, going back to Ogilvy, that's always a fun one. Going back to the big O, like you were saying, uh, Granite City was made just for Mike, so he can go to the ATM and cash a check. I, I hope he's the only one that shows up that night. Actually, <laughs> that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Won't burn any tires up then. <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to it. That's a it's a fun place. Yeah, as far as Ogilvy goes, I I've been trying for the last couple of years to get there a couple times, mm -hmm. uh, and it's never worked out uh, schedule wise. But uh, the goal would be to get back there at least two times a year going forward. So it's a fun. Place. Place. it is it's really good uh, great facility great people who run it it seems like every time we show up there the place is packed yes um so there's sprint car people there and um, they took a little bit of a chance they raced on the weekend that uh cedar lake has their masters, the masters yeah. yes so, so they let their modified goes which is their top class but shoot you know we were there last year and the place was packed now this year for the sprint car night i don't know if you noticed this mike but um we are the sprint cars that are coming that night. It's our wing program. It's our traditional program. The 360s will not be there this okay. year. So we're the show. Right and I, I I specifically watched. Do you remember last year, Mike, that the 360s went out before our wing pro our our wings went out? And there was about 50 cars that left. So if you put about 50 times three people in each car, that's 150 people that left. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's really good. And so I, I look forward to if, if the, the night the night is nice uh, weather-wise, yeah. I think they'll have a packed house again. Perfect. I really do. Now, with that being said, with the UMSS being the show at Ogilvy, I know you and me have had conversations about this in the past, and I've talked to Sean a little bit about it, and we're still kind of working on stuff. Now, if we're at the show at Ogilvy, 
why don't let's make it a show like what well, we start maybe do like we kind of did back in the day get the drivers out there for some autographs yeah. uh do the redraw on the front stretch yeah. do something crazy like that get some involvement with the uh, fans that's not even crazy that's that's a necessity um what's happened over the last few years is i mean we'll go to a certain track and they won't they won't drop any of their regular classes when they come in they'll just add us mm-hmm. and we're on we're on the track for our feature at midnight right and you know we know now that you know baseball's trying to shorten up their their game mm-hmm. hockey did it was it been 15 years ago already um two and a half hours we have to make sure that and i i, I believe me i try this all the time and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't we have to get the fans in and out in two and a half to three hours right it's a it's a necessity and so one of the reasons uh, we hired cammy uh, as the marketing director is sean is overwhelmed on race night i'm overwhelmed on race night matt is overwhelmed on race night these guys are all overwhelmed on race night mike pointing at mike here um we have to have somebody to go in there and organize all this stuff. Yep. We have to bring the face of the racer to the fans because they will come back and cheer for that racer or boo, which either one is fine. As long as they're making noise. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And so they have to see the driver. So we have to get back to the autograph session. We have to get back to doing the redraw in front of the, the audience. And even if we don't do it every night, we have to do it on some nights. Yeah. Um, we just have to at, at some of the bigger shows at uh, Cedar Lake Speedway when we are the show like during the traditional challenge we have to do that absolutely yeah. and that is the goal this season so we talked about what are the goals some of the goals in 2022 that 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 is definitely one of the goals oh absolutely I agree like you said face of the driver to the fans it puts a name with the face you know because a lot of times you know they always say hey come on down to the pits after the races sometimes people a lot of people don't do that anymore no nope. well it gets done too late yep. it get, we, we have operators that don't understand that people don't want to sit there until midnight um especially if you're starting at 6 30 with with hot laps right there are certain shows you can do that at like with the 100 when we're involved in that those are the diehards that are in the stands yep yep but when you're at school bus night or World of All Law night or whatever night, even the traditional challenge, we got to be out of there by 10 o'clock. We just have to. Because a big part of this, if you're camping, is you want to go out and you want to have some fun afterwards. And if you're too tired, you know, that that's not that's not that's not part of it. And so, um, yeah, no, that's that's very it's a very good point, And we need to do that. And I mean, it can be as little as a, a smile. You know, you smile at a five year old kid. He's a fan of yours forever. Right. You know, and that's how we get people to come back to the racetrack, and we need to do more of that. Oh, absolutely, and I've I've heard it from multiple drivers, you know, when they, for that little bit of time on a Saturday night, and Johnny said this on the podcast before, it's, you know, he's not working for the man, he is the man. He is. That's that little little bit of, that's his moment to shine. Kids coming in, getting driver cards, sitting in the car, now you're you're hooking them into a sport that we're trying to keep afloat. And those are the future. That's the future of our sport. Absolutely. And I, we were up at Superior probably four years ago, and we had a driver. It was his first night ever in a sprint car. And I tried to tell him, you are going to be a hero, because we were going to do an autograph session later on in the night. And I said, you will be a hero to somebody here. You just have to understand that. And the kids were all over him. Oh. And, he, and he's going, you know, what is this all about? And you know, as a kid, yeah, race car drivers were my heroes. There's no two ways about it. And so, you know, Mike's got a lot of heroes out there. 
and we have to create them and it doesn't happen overnight and we need to get like we said before we need to get back to that and there's a bunch of personalities in this series to capitalize on everything we just talked about it's awesome yeah i'm sorry mike go ahead no yeah i agree with what you said there's personalities and like you said you know putting the driver's face to their cars and doing what we need to do and i don't know i think it's uh it's a smart deal to do the draw on the front stretch yeah Yep, you know, I get agree. the people out there and then yeah, go back to the autograph sessions, especially at the traveling tracks, ones we're not at the most, just to, you know, more recognition. The Cedar Lakes are basically, you know, the diehard fans that come out every weekend that got the boost and, you know, come down afterwards. I, I was at the Knoxville Nationals was it five or six years ago. And um, who were they sponsored by where you had to take the toolbox and, and hold it out? Well, Craft, Mike, Craftsman. Mike, Mike. Mike was one of them. Did you see me down there? Yeah, I mean, I you remember that stuff. Yeah. You you remember that stuff, and the fans remember that stuff. This isn't always all about cars going around in a circle. Um, it, it it's got to be much more than that. People go to any event to be entertained. They want to be entertained. You can sit in front of the TV at home and watch cars go around the track, but if you're not there. You can't experience some of that stuff like holding the toolboxes out and right. the, the autographs and the interviews and all that. And you've got to be there for that. And so we need we 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 need to get better at that, but we we need to just start it again. And it already has been talked about. So let's hope we, we can make that happen in twenty twenty two. Perfect. A uh, couple more scheduling questions. Yeah. Uh as of right now, uh with the schedule and this might be stuff that you're still working on, no Memorial Day dates yet. There's probably not going to be. Okay. Um, you know, so everybody can have some time with their family. That's another thing about scheduling is we, I, I about killed the traditional guys last year. Um, Mike made Mike made every race last year, and I think maybe one other team did. Lucas, uh, Nellis, I, I don't think there was. I actually missed opening night. So oh, did Luke you? was the only one that went to everyone. And did Scott Brandt go to everyone? Nope. Okay. Nope, Luke was actually the only one that went there. I, I okay. think it was Luke. I mean, we have to keep that in mind. Um, my goal at the beginning of the year, or meaning October when I start working on the schedule, was no more than 25 nights for okay. these guys. I think we had 30-some last year. Yeah. So Memorial Day weekend, um, there's we talked to Alexandria. They wanted us actually to come back in July, and it was only one night, and I, I just can't do that to our teams. Okay. Just can't do it. So Memorial Day is most likely going to be an off weekend. Okay. Yeah, that was one of the other questions about Alexandria. There was a lot of talk that they wanted us to come back. I know a lot of people had a blast on that trip. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. both our teams won, it, so yeah, we had a great time. No, it was. It was, it was fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I can let you know that um, we are trying to start a series right there. Okay. And, you know, it's hard for us to travel three hours. How, Mike, how far is it from your, your house to go to? It's about three hours. It's three hours. It's three and it's, a half if my dad drives four. <laughs> 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 so, but yeah, it's... Oh, I. Like, I don't mind driving that far. It's not a big deal. But, like, when we did the three-day weekend, like, that's when it's fun. You get everybody together. We all go out, hang out afterwards. We're at the hotels. Three days. It, very unfortunate last year with the rain and the way everything worked out in Alexandria and Fergus. But it's, like, those are the fun trips, though. Like, those are the ones I look forward to the most. They're also the most expensive, though, aren't they? You know, they are sometimes. But when we go out of town and we get that purse bump, and, I mean, it, it really does pay for itself, though. Okay. All right. Um, we, you know, we tried to, we tried to get into Houston's again this year. Um, frankly, we're trying to start a series over in that area. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, it just did not work out with their schedule. You know, I'd like to go back to Houston's again, yeah. but, um, you know, those three day things, uh, you know, we have some two day weekends this year and, um, you know, it's also 
there's an expectation when we go into like an I-94 or, or an Alexandria, you know, um, you know, how many, I get asked this every single time, how many cars you going to bring? That's the first question they ask every time. Right. You know, and when we're three and a half hours away on a Friday night, you know, it, that's hard. It is. Mm-hmm. That's hard for most teams. We had what, 12 or 13 cars up at I-94 last year on a Friday. And I was thinking we'd have six or seven. Right. You know, so it was good. But, you know, the fans expect a certain number of cars. The tracks expect a certain number of cars. And we designed it this way that we, instead of traveling three hours to race at the track, I'd rather develop another series to race right within that area so that we we can stay closer to home. And and if, if it means going to race with them sometimes and double sanctioning it so that, you know, the teams can get away for a while for a two- or three-day weekend, you know, that's that's all down the line somewhere, and that's all in my head, you know, that, that we want to do something like that. So, as a, again, getting back to your question, as of uh, right now, there's I don't believe there's going to be a Memorial Day weekend. Okay. That's good for me, though. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll need to recover by then from the first half of the season. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I just, we noticed it, and, you know, just kind of, it's one of those things, I mean, since I've been involved with it, you know, it's just kind of one of those, just like Labor Day weekend, you yep. look forward to that weekend. Yep, yep. It's always, yep. whether it was Eagle Valley Rice Lake trip or, you know, what we've been doing, you know, Alec and fergus falls last year you know it's just something you always look forward to you know because it's i mean a lot of guys look forward to but off weekends aren't bad no they're not i mean you know boy it things change when you get older you know i i I even at this age they've already changed they they, they do they do i want to race every weekend but i like you said i don't want to sit there till midnight times have changed like it's not it's not fun going there seven classes and sitting there and watching 35 heat races you know we we have our heat races and three hours four hours five hours later we're back on the racetrack and by then i i want to go to bed i want to go home you know we had we had we we went to a track that would do what mike just said and we had teams that stopped coming because of that and so we have to be really careful with that so we can do these things that we've talked about with the autograph sessions and all that we need 20 minutes a night to do that and a lot of times we don't because we know we're going to get out of there midnight or after and who wants to do that right well i mean i guess an example just like you were saying with uh you know putting a series in that uh location you know instead of doing a three-hour travel i mean i guess the perfect example would be the northern renegades because there was the northern trip for so many years Mm -hmm. and that's not it's not on the schedule anymore because like you said now that series is it's taken off it's taken off there's never been a sprint car series in northern minnesota and now we have one and the tracks up there are really happy with it and um you know let's let's face it our number one uh priority when we go into a racetrack is to make them money you know that's that's our deal and that's what happened in the past is they weren't making them money and um so yeah we used to have that that northern trip was fun there's no two ways about that and so our goal i mean we're 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 going to support the the drivers and the teams that want to support miles on the labor day weekend we did that on purpose um it is our job to support uh series once in a while to show the fans and the tracks what we really have here um because we've been pretty low-key about it at this point to up to this point because you know frankly i'm i'm muddling my way through it um and uh again we've made some mistakes and we've done some things right but uh you know we're not racing on labor day weekend this year last year we went to jackson and we went to Hussets, and that's one of the things we tried to work out this year again but um uh, it didn't work out so oh um, that was my last scheduling question what were your thoughts on the north dakota nationals what miles is doing out there i think it's going to be an an awesome opportunity out there for them guys i've 
you know, from just the rumblings I've heard, I think some guys on our end are already committed to be going out that way. Good. Um, Good. I think it's going to be great. Good. Um, you know, the the last night, you know, a lot of the guys that come from this way, they're going to look at the purse and say, you know, can I make it work financially? Um, and that's uh, that's a good question to ask. But we're going to have some uh, teams that go out there just simply because they want to they want to support miles. They want to race their car that weekend. And uh, so that's OK, too. Um, but, you know, our, our, our number one priority is to um, show the fans and show the tracks out there that it isn't just miles doing this, that there are cars other places. And, you know, as a fan, when I was a kid, when I saw a driver or a team come in that normally didn't race, yeah. um, that was a big deal. It's exciting. That's mm-hmm. a very big deal. Oh, yeah. You know, so um, um, that's why we're doing that. And miles asked us to, to stay off that weekend and we all agreed. And this is what we'd like to do in the future. I mean, you know, we have that traditional challenge on, uh, Friday and Saturday of, I think the last weekend of August at Cedar Lake speedway, we've added a, a practice night to it. I've seen that. I, I'd like to add two days to the, to the show. I'd like to have a, some, you know, a speed week, like a lot of series have Okay. and say, you know, to the other series, take that week off and come and race with us. But, that's that's not easy you know to try and get a track to race on a wednesday or a thursday night and again i don't want to race on sunday no and i think a lot of our teams don't want to race um but i've been trying to work that way uh towards that and uh, so far i haven't been able to make it happen but um these are some of the things that are in the back of my mind that we keep trying to do perfect yeah i mean no i mean that's like you said like you said earlier in the uh, when we started podcasting you're always looking to the future I have to. You're always looking to the future. The, uh, you know, strategic thinking is thinking a year, two, three, four, five years down the line. And some of the stuff I'm going to talk to you about, I brought a, a list with me just so I don't forget because <laughs> memory's getting kind of bad. You know, there's there's four things that, that I'm going to announce here today on the on the show, and I don't know how far we're into it and how much you might want to talk about that. But uh, how oh, far we're we into it? Oh, we're rolling. We're we're hitting the 60 minute mark. Oh, already? Oh yeah. Oh, it's time, crazy how quick it goes, isn't time, it? Time flies. When but you're it's been fun. all good information and good good. Time. It's like a normal driver's meeting. Yeah, hurry up, get your car. These guys, these guys don't listen to me anyway, and I don't blame them one bit. So, so, but no, the strategic uh, planning—it needs to happen. And um, you know, uh, I've been a business person all my life, and you got to have some goals, you got to have some plans. But you know, things come up too, and you got to react to that. And uh, especially in our deal, um, you know, it racing. Just like when the guys are out there on the track or the teams are out there on the track, you know, anything can happen at any time and, and, and you gotta you gotta be ready to to shift gears. There it is, part one in the books with Mr. Ron Bernhagen. Lot lot of information on that first part. Still a lot to get to on part two, but uh a good start to things. Got a little background on Ron. Uh kind of his upbringing, his time with being involved with the ownership at Cedar Lake. And what he thought was necessary to get sprint cars going back up in this region. And just, you know, the trials and tribulations of all that. And then got a little uh, schedule talk and a little uh, explanation on for this year's schedule. It, it was all good, man. And part two has got even more information in it. Yeah, he's just uh, just big sprint car fan, just trying to watch sprint car races local. And he's making it happen for a lot of us. So if it wasn't for Ron, I mean, none of us would be racing sprint cars. So, you know, big kudos to him and everything. And it's uh it's pretty cool you know we put together a good schedule this year we're going to you know back to some tracks we haven't been to back to some more tracks a big track with jackson you know going down there for the hundred thousand dollars to win on the saturday night with the world of outlaws the weekend after knoxville it's uh it's gonna be pretty cool dude no definitely be very cool 
Uh, and on top of that, too, talking about the schedule, he also said that he's trying to work on one more date, which would give the traditionals and traditionals 25. And right. if the wings are included, give them 19 at a track that he says that we haven't been to in a while. So it's interesting to see uh, if that can all come together, or what track it might be, uh, when it will be. Uh, my guess, and this is totally a guess, he didn't say anything to us, so we have no inside information, but uh, my my thinking mind at Princeton? That's exactly what I was thinking. It's kind of what I was thinking. talked about this. I, Princeton would be cool. I mean, I'd, I'd love to go back to Menominee or Rice Lake as well. That would be cool, yeah. Both, you know, I mean, I've, I've wanted all three tracks. I think they're all awesome. They're really cool tracks. I mean, Menominee's been around forever. I mean, that's like my dad, you know, that back in the day, that's what they did. They went to Menominee and Cedar like every weekend. That was their life. So it'd be cool to go back to Red Cedar Speedway. Nope, that was my first initial thought was Princeton, like you said, Menominee, Rice Lake, off chance, maybe a Deer Creek. Deer Creek would be cool, too. I mean, we haven't been back there since 2018, so it would uh, be kind of cool to go there. Yeah. Fun place, awesome facility, great track. No, definitely a lot of speculation there. Like you said, we have no inside information, so nobody please don't come after us trying to find out what this last date is. We do not know. Uh, we're guessing just as much as you guys are, but it'll definitely be interesting to see what he uh, can come up with, and hopefully we'll have some news on that here pretty soon. Just like you said, just a couple days ago, dropping the news, uh, Eagle Valley added to the ser- added to the schedule for the wings and the traditionals. So uh, get that on the calendar right now. Sitting at about twenty four and nineteen shows for each series, respectively. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a busy, long, fun summer. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, absolutely, and I think the 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 other kind of the big news out of the whole scheduling uh, announcements was the one and we talked about it pretty extensively was the no memorial day right. this year uh which is gonna be weird in my opinion because i just always have viewed memorial day weekend for the last seven years and i'm sure it's been longer for you where are we heading yeah memorial day fourth of july labor day i mean those were the big three weekends you wanted to win on it was those three and then anything after labor day was special season yep. especially with the 100 at cedar lake so those were kind of your three big weekends that you know you always wanted to win um it's gonna be different not racing memorial day memorial day weekend but i don't know hopefully somebody's got a boat and we're gonna go have some fun oh absolutely no i mean yeah does it it does it suck sure yeah you want like you said you know at this age yeah we want to race for some guys, yeah, you know, maybe hell yeah, we got Memorial Day weekend. Hell yeah, we got it off. Perfect. Right. You know, it's 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 fifty fifty split my in my opinion, but it just it sucks. It'll just be different. It will be different. So I mean, and I haven't looked at the other schedules. I'm sure the Northern guys have got something going on. I'm sure Miles has got something going on. You know, so there there probably will be opportunities to go race somewhere. You're just gonna have to travel to do it. Exactly. So and then the clar- clarification on the Alexandria situation. Got a little clarification on that. Yes. So got a little, uh, got some answers to that as well. Sucks that we will not be going back there because that place was fun. Yeah, very fun place. I like going there. Big, fast, you know, half mile track. Um, a place I never thought I would go. I and mean, the wing cars used to go there back in the day, and it's uh, it's fun, fast. Like it's, it's just cool. It takes skill, talent. It's not just wide open, banging the curb down. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. No, but still plenty to do this year. We'll be busy. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some rain outs, maybe yep. even a snow out. We got plenty of places to go. It'll be another fast, quick summer like it always is and getting dirty, driving cars, changing tires, throwing fuel in it, getting her going. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm uh, looking forward to 2022, Mark. Absolutely. Part two of Ron's interview will be next week on episode 67. 
And included on episode 67, we'll have results from the Bush clash. Yes. Hopefully, maybe a phone call from TRI's Tim Shinion, since he will be live on location there with the Racing Insiders. And plenty of dirt action from the from the, coming up this weekend that we're going to have a chance to recap. Yep. Lucas Oil Late Models, All-Stars. It's going to be a... Uh going to be a big busy speed weeks yes no plenty to talk about so episode 67 should be a good one uh probably tell you there's probably about 45 minutes left of the interview so we got another good batch of that with ron plenty to talk about and anything else that pops up yeah it's gonna be good look forward to uh episode 67 that coming out and the cool thing about it is it's like we're halfway done with episode 67. Right. It's already edited. And that huge breaking news he breaks in there. It's, uh, yeah. It's going to be wild, there, man. There, there is some breaking news. Uh, major announcements, if you want to call it that. Yes. Uh, in part two. Uh, so a little teaser on that. What could it be? Who knows? Only we know. And we're not going to spoil it for you. You're just going to have to wait another week for it. Right. And uh, so topics of discussion in there. I'm not going to give it away, but some good topics came up as well regarding some things. And uh, yeah, just going to have to stay tuned for part two in the next seven days. For sure. I'm excited. You got some news to bring to the podcast. We have a new sponsor. Lightspeedequipment.com. Ah. Your number one LED screen printing service. What is up, Lightspeed Equipment? Thanks for jumping on board with the Reaction Time Sports Podcast in 2022. Also a sponsor of the MM87. Yes, Donnie Chilstrom. He is a co-owner of the company. He sponsored me for a long time. Super cool dude. Probably seen him at the racetrack, walking around, hanging out over by my pit. But yeah, thanks a lot to Donnie for coming on board, and hopefully we can... uh, get his name out there and sell him a couple units yeah absolutely thank you lightspeed and donnie and all them guys over there for jumping on board with us this year um plus we got all of our other sponsors that are still hanging around with us for what reasons we don't know but we appreciate all of their wonderful business taylor julian photography mueller jewelers tcb speed north scott king designs the racing insiders dk designs and soda sports thank you guys we appreciate it couldn't do it without you episode 66 we got 65 more of these that you can go back to and listen to anytime that you want. And if you want to do so, you can find them on App Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts. Head on over there. 65 episodes to your beck and call. You can listen to me and Mike or me, the dink and the boom for your sports and everything else in between there. Go back. Check them out. Take a listen. That'd Make be, it happen. Hit those buttons. Like, share, follow. Everything you do helps us. Absolutely. Like Mike said, like, share, follow, subscribe. You know where to find us on our socials. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reaction Time Sports Podcast. We're working on getting back some YouTube content out. And if the mouse and house can get the TikTok up and running, we'll be on TikTok here sooner rather than later. Episode 66 is in the books. Part one with Ron Bernhagen. Episode 67 next week, part two with Ron Birdhagen. All those updates coming along. It's been the Reaction Time Sports Podcast. I'm the crew chief, Mark Meyerhoff. I'm Mike on the mic, Mike Mueller. We'll catch you later. See ya. You still here? It's over. Go.